Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Cite Tries to Podcast. I am fully in Zambia right now, and for this episode, I went to Bongo Hive, which is one of my favorite places in the world and a place that I always make sure to visit when I come back to Zambia for my December holiday. I've been a part of the Bongo Hive community since 2013 when I actually was working there briefly, and since then I've kept up with the community. And I've met so many wonderful people there. But two people who I'm going to talk to today are Regina Mtonga and Likumbi Kapia. Now, what we have in common, what us three ladies have in common, is that we are part of the Obama Foundation Leaders Africa Initiative. Regina Mtonga was a part of the Obama Foundation Leaders Africa cohort in 2018, which was the first cohort, and Likumbi and myself were part of this year's cohort, the 2019 cohort of the Obama Foundation Leaders Africa. Now, the Obama Foundation Leaders Africa program seeks to build a growing network of innovative and ethical change makers who will drive positive change in the communities, the continent, and the world. And the main part of the program was a one-week convening where 200 leaders that were selected from the program um, convened in Johannesburg for a week of workshops and seminars and networking and all sorts of things that would help them become better leaders and learn about, you know, being ethical and positive change makers. Um, Another part of the program was an action plan so we each had to create an action plan for a project that we would like to see um, have results in within the next 12 months after the convening so today i got the chance to talk to likumbi and regina separately about what they learned from the fellowship and their action plans Okay, so I'm at Bongo Hive here with Regina Mtonga. Regina Martina? Martina Mtonga? Regina Mtonga, okay. (laughs) All right, and Regina is one of the people who I've known the longest at at Bongo Hive because she's one of the co-founders of Asakana Network. And also recently I was part of the Obama Obama Leaders Fellowship. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bob Foundation Leaders Fellowship. Yeah, and the only other person I knew who went through the program um, before I joined was Regina. And we were talking just before this and she had a lot of amazing insights of what she learned um, throughout the year of the program. I'm only halfway into the program, like, so, yeah, just getting a lot of awesome insight from her, but I'll allow her to introduce herself. So Regina, would you be able to tell the people who you are? Of course. So my name is Regina Mtonga, and I am co-founder and director at Asakana Network. Um, a little bit about the network, we, in very simple terms, teach women tech, and we do it so we can increase the number of women participating in tech in Zambia. So we do it through outreaches in schools, like primary and secondary schools, but we also teach older women, like colleges and working women, um, how to use tech for income generation and just overall uh, participation of women in tech. Awesome. And, oh, and you applied for the Obama Leaders 
program, a multi-foundation leaders program. Like, um, as one of your goals was to grow as a Khan network, yeah. I guess. Okay. So, what did you learn from the Obama from the fellowship? What did you learn from the fellowship that has helped as a Khan network? So, when I applied for the Obama fellowship, um, so I mean the inaugural class, meaning we're the first ones, we're the guinea pigs. Um, I, I wasn't particularly sure what I would be getting out of it, so it was a recommendation from a different fellowship, from somebody else in a different fellowship, and she said, I think you really fit into this fellowship, and so I applied. What I was hoping to gain, in all honesty, was um, donor funding. That was the initial reason why I applied for it, because I thought, oh, look, Obama, money. Yeah. <laughs> But then, when I actually got into the fellowship, it's a year-long fellowship, and it's, I wouldn't say it's intense, but it has a lot of components, and I learned a lot that I didn't know about my organization. At that point, I thought, I know everything I need to know about my organization, I know how it runs, and then I joined the fellowship, and then I realized, yeah, I don't know anything about my organization. Yeah. But just to clarify, so like um, it's a year-long fellowship, but like at the beginning, the main part or the most important part is the convening, which is like a one-week convening in Johannesburg, mm-hmm. um, and then like every day you have workshops with different um, leaders and whatnot, and you have an opportunity to network and meet people, and that's like two hundred people from yeah. the continent. Yeah. So like that's where you learn the most, hey? Like, cause yeah, I also got that feeling. Like you think you know things, like. I already knew that I didn't know things, but then I realized that there were things that I didn't know. That yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. When I um, saw how long the, the, the residential was, my initial thought was, one week? Yeah, like, I have things to do. <laughs> okay, one week is too long. And then at the end, I thought, I think they need to restructure and make it a little bit longer because then I realized, no, right? One week is not enough. Yeah, one week wasn't enough. It's, one week actually wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. In the in the beginning, my initial thought was, I have things to do. I can't be here for a week in a different country. I can't even go back home and find out what's going on. But then at the end of the week, I was thinking, in the you know, at the end when they ask you suggestions, one of my suggestions was make it longer because we just it, it was so much. Not that it was overwhelming, but it was so much information that we were learning about ourselves and about our organizations. Like there were sessions that I personally found a lot more useful than some of the the others, which made me think about my organization in a completely different dimension. Like and, and I, th- I think that's the experience for everyone because it's like there's something for everyone there. Like obviously it's not like you'll take all the and how many workshops are there? They're like oh they're a lot and, and, and they simultaneously yeah. run that's the thing. Oh, yeah, there's so yeah. many so yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. I really, two specific ones that I, I remember and really enjoyed were the storytelling um, Like, they blow your mind. Yeah. A very different. So I, I was one of the, the three who were randomly picked in 
session to, to introduce ourselves and tell us about yourself. And I thought, I got this. I have training in you know, different fellowships on how to storytell and introduce myself. And I had a great introduction. And at the end, I thought, this worked great. And then she said, let me ask people in the audience, what's her name? People got that right. What can you tell me about her? Nobody could answer because I didn't actually say anything about myself. You didn't say who you were. Oh, yeah, you didn't do the who. No, I didn't do the who. So then I realized how I introduced myself had to change and how I introduced my organization because she said I had a one-on-one conversation with this lady before we did the session and she was why I picked her. And she told me why and how she started the organization. And how many of you even know that she touched a computer for the first time when she was 14 years old? And everybody in the session was like, we didn't know that because she didn't include it in the introduction. Because then we're wondering, oh, why did you start the organization? So then I thought, not exactly including such details, but then you need to say everything while also thinking about why you are saying it and why it's important to your storytelling. And it made me realize I don't introduce my organization with the amount of information that I should, which makes it easier for people to understand why I'm doing it. So it made me really look at things differently. And then the other session that we had um, was action planning. Hey, yo, yep, This made me scrap out 80% of everything I had ever written about my organization because I realized personally they were not making any sense because I, I was privileged enough to sit and listen to other people's action plans and I realized, Regina, you people have great potential but you're not actually doing anything. So people need to think about a different, completely different strategy. And when I sat and I looked at all of my action plans, which were many and I included so many, you I did multiple action plans. I did. Whoa. I did multiple action plans and when I sat and I read through all of them, Three quarters were not useful at all, so I scrapped them out. And, and then I, I did a completely different action plan looking at um, using that, that, that metaphor that was used about the aeroplane, which is put the oxygen mask on yourself before you. And I realized that for, for me and for us, the problem was the internal structure. The idea was great, it was going great, but the internal structure, once it's broken, it's kind of like the house. So if everybody in the house doesn't get along, they don't know what's going on, it doesn't matter how much money comes into the home, it'll never be used, right? So I used that and kind of realized I need to restructure the whole thing. Did you do the leadership of others session? Yeah, Yeah, that that was was the first session. Oh, that was the first session you did? Yeah. I also found that that helpful because it made me, yeah, because I mean, like kind of like the same thing you're talking about, like, um, you know, people need to get along and whatever. And ugh, I don't know, but yo, a lot of workshops there were super helpful for yeah. me. There were a lot of workshops that were super helpful for me. And like to this day, like I'm even like when I'm writing stuff down, I'm like, oh, I remember what they told you then and whatever. Like yeah. especially the action plan. The action yeah. plan is like the the thing. Like it's a thing which makes you realize like if you're actually if like I don't know how to explain it, but it's like it makes you realize like. Where you're going, yes, and why you're going, yes, where you're going and why you're going there, and yeah, like the action plan is the most important takeaway for me because, like, even when you like, if you haven't looked at it in a while, 
and you go back and look at it and then you look at where you want to be and you're supposed to, you get reminded and you're like, oh, okay, okay. And you get reminded of track. Yeah, you get back on track and you get reminded on, of the goals you need to focus on. All right, so now we've talked about action plans. Um, what, are you, what are your goals for next year? Like we're coming to the end of the year, so what are your plans for next year with yourself and Asikana Network? Like what are your goals if you have any? Um, of course you have. Well, of course you do. <laughs> of course we need to turn people. Yes. Um, for the organization, we're doing a lot of digital literacy. This has been a request by so many different partners and we, we finally want to actually roll it out. So we've been doing it for half of this year. Um, digital literacy on behalf of, of Facebook. We'll continue with that next year in different provinces. But we also want to see more of the women that we're training get into actual, whether it's part-time jobs or full-time jobs. So we want to see a lot of the action that we've been doing in the past years get put into something that is tangible. Mm -hmm. So if we've been teaching you for a certain number of years, we expect that you would be able to get a, a permanent or part-time job or just something tangible next year. Um, personal goals, I would like more money. <laughs> so, 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 I was told to yeah. speak it into you know, existence. Let me do that as well. Look, I want money and I want to put it in a savings account. That's the next year, a savings account needs to happen. Like, we need to be financially literate. literate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I have one um, now after all of these. Yes, yeah, because you're a grown up. I'm not a grown up, Regina. I'll get there. By the way, sorry, I need to go back on this because I need to clarify something. Like, when Regina says that Asakana Network is working with Facebook for digital literacy, they're actually partnering with Facebook. It's not like they're just doing it on Facebook. They're actually partnering with Facebook. should clarify Yes, clarify that. Facebook. We Facebook. Like, we had a whole launch and that. And that launch looked good. Oh, I love what's, what's the name of the program? Sleepless Night. Yeah, it's, it's easy, right? It's easy. So, Zibo means knowledge in Aussie. Awesome. So, oh, it's awesome. electronic knowledge. Easy, literacy. And where can people find out more about Asikana Network online? So we have a website, asikonanetwork.org. We're very active on Facebook and Twitter because we found those are like the easiest mm -hmm. mediums for people to find us. And our website has all of those contact details. You can email us and on partnerships. Yes, we're very active on, on Twitter as well. Partner with these ladies. Like if, if you need to work with women in tech in Zambia, uh, you need to contact Asikana Network. If you are not contacting Asikana Network, and you want to work with in tech, then you, you're not serious. Like, I'm telling you now, like, they know. They've been, they've been at this, what, since 2012? Oh, it's six years now. It's six years now, six years it's now. It's a fully grown child. Yeah, this thing, this thing is a child. It's walking, it's got, like, it's talking. It's, it's, it's first it's, grade, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys, yeah. So really support us, Carter Network, follow them on Facebook, Twitter. And yeah, Regina has so many different uh, Twitter handles. <laughs> so I have the same one, but I just changed it. So I, I do it because I it, I did it to slow down the fame. Oh, oh. Ooh. <laughs> because it was I would wake up with like so many new followers, like oh, what's going on here? I just need to slow that down a little bit. So I can't tell them to follow. You. Okay, she's too famous, you guys. You, you can follow. follow the organization. Okay, follow the organization. And if you want to talk to Regina, just shout out, say, hey, Regina, we heard you were here. Yeah, just do that, <laughs> and then we can... <laughs> because my Twitter account is even private now. Yeah. 
No disrupt me. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you so much, Regina. You're very time. welcome. It's fun. Okay, so I'm here at Bombahard now with Likumbi Kapia. And Likumbi, I totally forgot how we met. Yeah, Did we right. really? We've known about each other. We've known about each other. It's a funny thing that we've sort of been in the same space. And I think what happens in a lot of Bombahard is you're, you occupy the same space and you're like, I guess I know that person. Yeah. Because they know this person or I see them every day and yeah. we have coffee and we're never really introduced yeah. to it. Yeah, so they kind of were like that. But then how we got to properly, properly know each other yeah. was after we both got accepted for the Obama Leaders Fellowship. Yes, uh, this year. Oh, wow. This so October 2019, can you imagine? It's still in the same year. Yeah, yeah. and okay. we're still in the program. Like, and we're still in the program. program. Yeah. yeah. So we both got accepted and um, we both went for the convening in yes. Johannesburg. And that's where we actually officially met. Like after days, like we're like, where are you? But it was exciting, I think, once the names were announced and I saw your name there, it was really exciting because I was like, whoa! Yes. <laughs> so it was really cool. I was excited. I was like, oh, someone big brother! Exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's the best part. Yeah. yeah, all right. So, oh, yeah, before I go on, may you introduce yourself? So, what I do at Bumblehide is... <laughs> um, so I'm in the space, but... Uh, just a couple of years, it's almost two years now, Bongo have introduced a program uh, called the Social Enterprise Academy. And so what we do is support people who are trying to have social impact through business uh, and at whatever stage of their career journey. But it's quite exciting because I think Bongo was already, as a tech and entrepreneurship hub, was already recognizing that there was a space for people who wanted to create change in their communities, yeah. but do it through an enterprise or business model. So. Well, I feel like I needed to go through your, the. <laughs> I, I wish you were there earlier, like, cause I feel like I need to go through that, cause really? I was always yeah, cause I mean, like, uh, for all the stuff which I've been wanting to do, like, I've been kind of approaching it like in a way, mm -hmm. like, oh, I want this to socially benefit people. Yeah. But you know, you don't really like. It's way more complicated than people think it is. Like, I I agree, yeah. uh, especially in the context of giving the Zambian context is like. People demand you're either an NGO or your business, and they don't understand this blend of the yes. two, or that you can do it on purpose. Like your impact is not a byproduct, even though CSR, you know, corporate social responsibility is fine, but there's another way of doing it. And so, um, I'm, when I found the concept of social enterprise, or other people say social innovation, the blend of the two, I really fell in love with, and I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to help people do it this way. Thank you, thank you for that. Because like I only learned that like through like lots of conversations at Bombohead, like just yeah. here and there. Like I actually remember like uh, Simonza specifically telling me like like uh, Stambula, you always want to be a Mother Teresa. Like, oh, I can't be a Mother Teresa. You are trying to be the Mother Teresa. Like no, but you also need to make money for yourself. Like how can you how can you be sustainable? Yeah. Like how can you be sustainable? If like all you want to do is give, like you need to be able to, in order for you to be able to give, you need to have something to give. It's yeah. true, and I think uh, Simonza and I always get caught up in this, but I keep on reminding myself there's an enterprise with the social enterprise. So we, we do agree, we, you know, so I'm on your page that they need to make money, but I say they need to have impact too. So you, you can't remove the social side of the social enterprise, it'll no longer, it'll lose its, its meaning for existence. Oh, yeah. At the same time, you can't remove the enterprise bit because you don't want to be an NGO, you want to have a sustainability built in. Uh, in other places, uh, I think SA is going that direction, they actually have a legal classification for social enterprise. So there's like 
companies limited oh, yeah. by shares into guarantees, yeah. NGOs, and social enterprises Actually, yeah. that get all the good things like uh, uh, better taxes or things because they're having social impact. We're not lucky enough to have that yet in Zambia, but one of my long-term goals is to work towards that. I actually recently registered an organization as well. Oh, yes, wow. but sorry, but um, I the social enterprise thing it costs a little bit more money and yes. a little bit more work. Yes, so I just ended up I was like, oh, I'll just do the company thing and maybe I'll change it oh, later. Oh wow, I'd love to hear about this process. <laughs> it, it was actually very easy, really, literally so easy. Okay. Like, um, uh, you can do it online. CIPC.co.za. In fact, some of those one told me we can name drop it. He's next. He's next. Yeah, in fact, he's next in this. Yeah, yeah. It was like you apply online, and then like they, you have to pay the fee. Just deposit it into their account, and then they send you a thing you need to sign, and then you send it back to them. But it was like I didn't need to go to any office. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, it was cool. And then they sent me back my registration letter, and I had a scan of it on my PC and all that stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was really easy, and I was like, oh, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was very motivating actually because yeah. it made people be like, okay, now I can take myself seriously. It's funny how it's like small stuff like that, and you're like, okay, now I can take myself seriously. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, okay. Uh, so something we both did in the Obama Leaders Fellowship yes. was the action plan, right? Oh my dreaded action plan. What do you mean dreaded action plan? <laughs> I think again, I think it's one of those things that I. So I don't know about your experience with it, but I think I made it uh, more complicated and put a lot on myself uh, that that I needed than what I needed to put on myself. Uh, so my action plan changed so much within the first oh. thirty days. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. That's good though. Like you learn things as you're yeah, going yeah. along, right? Yeah, as as going along. But also, it was it now means a lot more that it's achievable, right? Not that it's this grand thing or this impressive thing. I think this pressure that I'm on a Baba leader. If I'm not moving five thousand people, then is it really an action plan? Uh, but it's what I can what can I do in a year's time, and how can I build on to some yeah. be the building blocks of bigger things? Um, so no surprise, my action plan is related to working in the social enterprise space in Zambia. And initially I was really having some gung-ho, I wanted to create a task force, I wanted to approach um, the Zambia Law Development Commission about having some sort of uh, memo or a write-up that would be presented to lawmakers about having social enterprise classed um, as its own legal entity, having its own certification. That would have needed a statutory instrument. And our lawmaking process, if you follow anything in Zambia, yeah. is new. and social enterprise is not on anybody's radar. Um, so the good news is, yes, I did complete a task, task force oh, nice. uh, with a few uh, people or social enterprises in the space, and uh, we met a few times. Um, and we even um, had identified somebody at the Law Development Commission who understood or was a champion of social enterprise. She happened to be at a workshop. Um, but I've sort of taken a step back and said a task force needs, or this type of movement needs a community. And, we, and I wouldn't know where to find a community of social enterprises in Zambia. So my new goal now is actually creating a community around the task force. And we only know each other when we bump into each other and be like, hey, you, you're a social enterprise, you're interested in this thing, but we don't have a place to be. Um, so it's really, we'll start an online community, a group of Zambian social enterprises on Facebook and maybe take it off to other uh, other platforms, but I really am looking for numbers. Yeah. 
That's to prove that the numbers exist. Yeah, the measurable the aspect. Measure, yeah, the measurable aspect. Even when I'm trying to con uh, convince policymakers that, hey, this is a thing, I need to show them the community for whom this is mm -hmm. a thing for. So that's where we are. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're doing a lot. Like. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it sounds like... No. And also because, um, do you, like, do you have regular sessions for the Social Enterprise Academy? Um, yes and no. So we, it's an interesting thing where we do some stuff that's on demand. Okay. Uh, so if there's a need, we convene, a, a, we call them programs and not trainings. Uh, but other times we have clients who hire us oh. to deliver oh, their work. Yes, so we've been lucky enough to work with uh, some uh, NGOs in the space who usually are buying the, our product, our classes, our training for other people. So work with Restless Development and they were they have a program for young women in three universities. So there was 50 women in each university and there'd be 150 people. And it was introduction to social enterprise. In four hours we had to introduce the concept to them have them identify a problem in the in the problem in their community, design a solution and pitch it in four hours. Well, in four hours. Okay, now that sounds like a lot of work. How did that go? It actually went surprisingly well because I think the the bit of um, everybody knew their problems, but you say, okay, how would you solve it? And then we added this twist. Okay, how would you make money solving it? And they all took over like whoa. But uh, they all did it, and there were some of them who said, you know, after the session, they're like, you know, actually, we're going to go back to our rooms and figure out this, kink out the ideas, the, you know, take out the kinks and try to make this thing work. We had everything from printing, transportation, safety, jeez, um, there were so many of them. Um, just within, like, we always tell them, in, focus on what the problems are in your, on your campus, in your community. And I think there was something to be said about 50 young girls and no guys in the room. So they were just, yeah, very confident. You know, I'm actually surprised like um, that social enterprise isn't really on the radar for a lot of Zambians, considering like the, our economy and the climate we're in. Like, You're right. it, it should be more, honestly. It should, it should be more. Um, I, I will say this, um, we're, we're seeing more. I and mean, it's more in the space of, let's say, because of, and this is where, again, name dropping some wounds again, uh, because there's this whole new thing coming on called impact investing. So when people realize that there's dollars, a lot of money, usually foreign money, related to enterprises that can prove their impact, usually social impact or impact to communities, they shift their organizations to fit that mold. So there's a lot, there's a lot more uh, younger companies, I would call them startups, that talk a, lot, a little bit more about the impact, whether they're in, um, there's a lot of things like farming, um, fishing or different types of ways of manufacturing but you notice that they're talking about the people more and talk about the impact and there's so I feel like there's they're stealing the social enterprise label uh, and using it okay. and using it to, to access funding yeah wow where do I actually find all this information because you sound like you're super plugged into uh, oh wow something. Uh, yeah tell me where you get most of okay so that's another, I, I was, another reason why I agree to um, so yes, through the academy. So the Social Enterprise Academy is actually it's a a social franchise. Mm -hmm. So Bomba owns the rights to run that here in Zambia, and there are thirteen other academies across the world. Oh, so another way to get my information is by talking to the other hubs. One is in South Africa, hence I know the law. There's one in Malawi, one in Rwanda, and one just opened up in Egypt. That's just on the on the continent. And there's a hub in Malaysia, India, Pakistan. And the home office of the academy that released, that uh, runs this franchise is in um, Scotland. 
So just from the academy network itself, we get a lot of that information. But it's, it's true, I do try to stay on um, on top of what's going on. A huge support of social enterprise across the world is British Council, and a lot of people don't know that because okay. here in Zambia they don't. I'm just learning this right now. Yeah. I'm just learning this right now. Like yeah. British Council, like all I know is I go there for IELTS. Oh, they do so much. <laughs> they, they they really do, and I think they've done a lot of great studies uh, on social and creative enterprises. What? You actually, you would love to hear the creative oh, enterprise stuff. Because their, defined create, their definition of creative enterprise is not just, in fact, the great matrix, I'm going to share this with you, not just in the handicraft stuff, but they, they've even gone into digital and what do they call it, or, or even augmented reality, VR is part of the creative on my, enterprise. That's on my radar. That's yeah, on my so radar. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really exciting when you see that. And, and for me, it's seeing people understand that you can put the enterprise, that sustainability bit next to it, right? And that, and that, I, I really think that I, this is also. I think there's not a startup that Bobo has supported that is really an exploitative enterprise. But this thing about caring about people, planet, and profits, like it's core in in the whole social enterprise movement and creative enterprise movement. So I think it's the way to go. Wow, man! You know, you've actually taught me a lot, and whoever's listening, like I hope they learn something from this. Like I've learned a lot from just these. Oh, it's only been ten minutes, and I've learned. A lot from you. <laughs> All right, but before we close this off, uh, tell us about your goals, Likumbi's goals for next year. Whoa. Um, personal goals. Personal goals, I, I hope to get, so the, the meeting one to do with the fellowship, I hope to really get uh, the community side of the social enterprise things going. Another personal goal is um, I hope to uh, roll out more programs outside of Lusaka. To do with social enterprise, uh, I really, as much as I love working with stuff, I think that I sometimes get in a bubble. Mm -hmm. I like to go out to eastern province, southern province, mm -hmm. and do that type of work. Uh, and more than that, I think uh, I'd like to learn more. I know you said I told you a lot, but I think there's so much more to learn. I'd like to get, you know, pick some other great minds, brains here in Bongo. I think Simons is one of them. I think. The Bonga and building culture is another one of them. So I think there's more to learn. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Yeah. What about like any like fun goals? Oh, I have a, a huge one. Um, okay, I'm gonna tell myself now. So next year, yeah. I turn 40. What? I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, but one of my goals is I want to go on a vacation with my friend. We're going to with my best friend of almost 20 something years now. Uh, we're going to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. So that's a long way away. That's a long way away. Um, but I started a trend last year. I went so last. Actually, sorry, this year. Gosh, I'm so stuck. I went to Barcelona this earlier this year. And so my plan is every year to take a really major vacation, awesome. no matter what my work plan or my bank accounts. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You've we'll earned it. it. You've earned this. We'll it you've definitely earned it. Like from the work you've done, like you've definitely earned this. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Alright, it was really nice talking to you. It was nice talking to you as well. Right. Is there anything you would like to plug in, like where people can find you online? Uh, I think the best place to find me online, if you want to hear more about my social enterprise stuff and not to see pictures of my dogs, is to find me on LinkedIn and you can talk oh, about things there. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay? Yeah, cool. Yeah, Thanks great. for chatting. <laughs> You're welcome, thank you. Sorry. Oh, this was great.
If you would like to learn more about the Obama Foundation Leaders Africa Initiative, you can visit www.obama.org forward slash Africa. That's www.obama.org forward slash Africa.